You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Good morning. I'm going to hand you the mic so, for a little bit so people don't have to hear this. Um, but for those that are new, so I know we've been um, partners with you guys for a long time, but for people like new, like, like myself, and uh, many faces here, who are you guys? <laughs> and uh, what, what's been going on for you guys in the last small season? Thanks, Steve. If you're with us in Cambodia, you'd know that that was saying a very hearty good morning and we really are, it's a pleasure to be here. And it would actually mean that, yeah, goodbye our little children who were um, seven and eight when we left. Some, anyone here remember them when they were this big? Oh, look at that. Look at them now, hey? crazy what happens over time but it really is an honor and a blessing to be back here to um, have a chat this morning about um, what God really has been doing um, in an amazing partnership with you with you because we couldn't have done what we've been doing through God without uh, fantastic churches and people like yourself and that's just the honest reality it's been a real great partnership so I guess the first question, Cambodia, and um, I guess the question I always ask myself is, how do you end up there? Um, was it that you wake up one morning um, and you've just you've started a family and you thought, honey, <laughs> or vice versa, we're going to go to Cambodia tomorrow, pack, pack up. Is that how it works? Or is there more of a journey to a calling like that? Uh, and if so, um, can you walk me through a little bit of what it looks like for someone to end up going for such a... Seven years? Seven years overseas in that, in that capacity. I'd love to hear a bit about that. Either one, either can I'll start. Because I guess it's different for both of us. Um, I guess getting to, getting to Cambodia was already a 10-year journey for us. And I think the, the beginning of that question, Steve, starts with the realisation in about 2004 um, with two babies that um, my every day, my Monday is the scattered church and if i if i'm really going to be worthy of the calling that i've received and if i'm really true and serious about the ministry of reconciliation that i've been called to it means me being me me showing up on monday morning no different to i am on sunday and um so the ministry that we had through uh, sporting we had a large tennis center down the gold coast for 10 years and um it was an amazing first step i guess into understanding my role every day in mission here on the gold coast and bringing you know working in a, a very single parent palm beach area at the time was the highest single parent suburb in australia uh, there was a big drug and um, surf culture in palm beach crumman high school but having the opportunity to mix that along with um, the beachside and reedy creek kids who were coming was an amazing um, melting pot of um, relationships and that's where God really showed us the power of using a medium like sport to be able to speak into the children and then the youth's life but then further on to that the family's life and then after that we got involved very much um, and intentionally in everything that Rudy Creek was doing around um, social inclusion and social justice ministries which I'll let Janelle talk more about. Yeah, our sending church was Reedy Creek Baptist Church where we'd been serving for 12 years before we went to Cambodia. And um, in that time, you know, we were serving in the church but we were also um, more and more um, inspired and motivated to be doing more outreach um, 
outside of the church to the local community. So kind of God just built it over time. Um, but to the point where when we started exploring um, and, and it, we had like what you may sort of think about as a holy discontent in our hearts that there is more and God maybe has something more for us and we started looking at opportunities overseas and it certainly wasn't in the capacity as a missionary. Um, in fact, I couldn't say the M word. I didn't, it wasn't really what I was, um, where my heart um, really was leading, but God knew. God knew. And he got us there in a different capacity. We call ourselves cross-cultural workers, um, but we are taking and sharing the gospel in whatever we get involved in, wherever we are. Um, and we found that, yes, we ended up in Cambodia. And it really was one of those moments of like waking up and finding ourselves in Cambodia and thinking, how did we get here? <laughs> um, but, you know, God, like we, um, we heard in the worship team this morning said, you know, God doesn't send you and doesn't, you know, he turns up and he's there. He's prepared the way. He sent us. He was definitely there, and it was such a um, a privilege to be serving him there. So, so I guess my next question: What does it look like? You, I just I've seen some slides behind me of um, tennis. Is it? And so sport. What does what does mission look like, or what did it look like? What form did it take for the Windus family the last seven years? I imagine it's shifted, but walk us through some of that. Who's first? He's the tennis man. Well, we didn't go thinking it would be tennis or Janelle's a dietitian, it would be that. For the first year and a half, it was simply um, language full-time and culture learning, um, appreciating who we are in that culture, trying to see how our bias is going to affect everything that we say, think and do, and trying to reconcile that to how we could be appropriate to a Cambodian worldview. So that's the first year and a half, and it really was a divine appointment with the National Tennis Association, nowhere near where we were living, that ended up us meeting and them inviting me to uh, come and take over a very fledgling little program that had started only a month or so before. And I, I wrestled with that for about two months, thinking, I don't know if the organisation will think this is a great idea, but reckon, uh, came to the conclusion that, you know, at least it will help my language get into a classroom and um, improve my, my speaking, my Cambodian speaking. That's what I thought. God had another plan. So as soon as we went into that, within a week or two, the, the principals involved, and he's got us to the Ministry of Education, Youth and Sport, and talking about this as a pilot program for what could happen in the entire province, and... You know, six months later, we've got a memorandum of understanding with the Ministry of Sport, and it's a and a sport accredited the the school sport accredited in primary schools. So it's a cra it was a crazy journey. Um, certainly something that we didn't have to push on doors to open, and it, it is it's God going before you, and you know you're following in these big, foot, big footsteps, and um, we can't do anything but point to the work that He's done in front of us. Mm. And it's interesting how we, um, sport does open up the, the opportunities to share, you know. It is, it, you know, kids are coming together. They hadn't seen tennis in the, the northwest where we were in CM Reap. They hadn't seen tennis before at all. And he's um, some of our awesome kids. Um, and it was, so it was a new and interesting thing that some kids were getting on board with and then just you know, becoming so um, entrenched and just wanting to be part of it because it created a community, a special community of, of uh, tennis players um, that was unique to the community around them because they didn't, no one else knew what tennis was. Um, so, and it was through that medium of community development um, and building those relationships that we 
daily shared the gospel um, through what we did, how we reacted with each other and, and, and our own relationships as well as our relationships with the players themselves and then with their families and their siblings and their aunts and uncles and their village um, you know, community. And so it just went on from there. So next question, and I guess this one's, you've got hundreds of stories, and for most, for a fair few of us at the church, we've been receiving your email and we've heard some of these stories. Just give us a highlight on what, what did you see God do? Um, just give us a couple of highlights, that would be lovely. And of course, we've got you after for morning tea, um, and then um, we can stay in contact with you guys, so, so we can keep telling these stories, but give us some highlights of, um, yeah, that, some of the stuff God did. Oh, look, there's so many. It really is. And there are stories, many, many stories. And um, if you have been receiving our newsletters, you will have seen some of those. But really, the, the biggest stories are when we have seen lives transformed. Um, and we certainly have seen that. Not just, um, you know, from kids who've learnt a, a new skill from tennis. Um, you do see lives transformed with, oh, well, there we go, transforming lives. You know, the people who were involved um, in, in various different ways um, from, from just incre- increasing the value that they have in, their, in them because this is a group of people, a, a, a country that has been war-torn, um, has been um, trodden on, and there is very little value in, in, um, in, in, from all generations um, that is... So just to um, encourage these kids just to play the best that they can and then show them value um, changes them from, from that level. But then through the gospel and through hearing about Jesus and this Jesus, it's not the foreigner's God, it's not the, the white person's God, he's the he's God for everyone. Jesus is the transformer in our lives, in our hearts. And the, st- the picture that we had up back there before where the boy's standing on um, parallel bars, you know, he was transformed physically as well as in his heart spiritually um, as he as Scott worked with him to um, improve his ability to walk he had broken back from TB of the spine um, and he was depressed um, and not able to do anything because he a didn't want to and b he was physically unable to um, but through um, you know, a year and a half of working with him through rehab and by encouraging him with every time that Scott would go and help him with his exercises and encourage him, he would share what the Bible says about what Jesus loves him and how Jesus, you know, wants to be in relationship with him. And he took him through um, the stories of Nick Voychik, who's a, a man with no arms and no legs, um, and how Nick can do it, and he's got no arms and legs, uh, at least he's got arms, you know, so he, he related with that and so we saw him transformed and give God the glory for healing him physically so he got to the point where he could walk with a stick um, but his heart was definitely formed, transformed to, to him. So now his job is to, is to be um, sharing that with his, the rest of his family, very Buddhist family, so continues on. Oh, did you want to start? No, that's good. That's enough? That's so good. Do you say Buddhist family? So I love that. So he would have thought that was something he did, I'm guessing. Like, is that the... He would have thought that was his own sin that caused that. And to give him grace and to show him the gospel, what, that's just... What a, what a spiritual transformation. 
Yeah, is that correct? Sorry, yes. Yeah. So yes, it's a Buddhist nation, um, but the Buddhism is mixed with animism. So in actual fact, the mother, who was very, very strong Buddhist, um, she wanted to cure him by sending him to the forest and be cured by the shaman, the witch doctors out there. It was nothing to do with his physical thing at all, um, and she wasn't really on board with us working with him and sharing the gospel with him, um, but he stood up to that as well. So, but it's definitely yeah uh, a very spiritual place um not what we would say is true buddhism but it is the buddhism of cambodia yeah so thank you for that so sort of second last question i guess we talk a lot about um trips and um, the obvious impact you guys have but what is what is doing this like stepping out in this way um and again probably a hundred things you could answer with what does that do to the windus family how does god transform you obviously we've seen lives transformed but for your family what does God do in you when a person steps out and goes overseas and lives in a foreign country and serves him in that way? What's it done in you? It's a kind of a, big, it's a hard, abstract question, but I'd love you to try to answer. <laughs> it's certainly, again, it highlights, you know, the funny thing is as you come back, I'm still dwelling on am I worthy? Ephesians 4.1 of the calling that I've received. And... Um, it's, it's still a matter of daily living and coming back here, we see just as much brokenness here as we do in a war-torn country with heaps of PTSD. You know, um, it's all got a nice veil, particularly on the Gold Coast, I've heard it, but there's still just as much. So um, for me, I guess, it's, it feels like we've come to the um, top of a hill um, and a friend of ours explained is we, we, can, we can put our oars up for a minute and look back and see where God has brought us and look back over the last time and really rejoice with God and, and the relationships that um, we, we have there now. But what it does to me is helps me to look forward to what God has also got for us in the next horizon. And um, I, I still have to, you know, be worthy and remember that I'm called every day. doesn't matter whether I'm here or Cambodia or in Brisbane with my parents who are not believers. It's, it's where my front line is, um, wherever God has put me. So has it, does it change me? It certainly makes me a lot more um, aware of God's hand really working in situations. We've seen miracles happen, um, literally healing miracles happen. It doesn't always relate to the person um, coming to faith long term because they are such an a spiritual country as well. So um, just because someone gets a healing miracle doesn't necessarily relate to that was God. It could have been their shaman or whatever. So we've seen God work in incredible ways. Um, so that's, that's another way that we've been stretched. But again, I think, Steve, coming back here, it really is just the realness of, you know, I, I live very much in a king, in a in a fallen world, but one that is going to be redeemed as a new creation. And every step that I go forward, I'm hopefully pulling that kingdom forward around me as well. And that's what we're hoping to do, even though we're here. Here. Yeah. Um, you know, you go through a myriad of emotions as you're living in Cambodia and um, from 
you know, the first exciting thing of, you know, when you first get there and everything's new and, and different and, and you kind of lap it up and go, wow, you know, God knew this was the right place for us. He just did. And we hadn't been there before we moved there. And so um, he, he really, our kids just coped extremely well. It was just, we, we did thrive there and we are very passionately in love with Cambodia, you know. Um, but there were times, of course, it's not quite so... Um, fairyland and it is hard because uh, you know we there were times when you do have to question God why did you call me here what am I doing here am I being effective you know because it takes a long time to build relationships the language is difficult you know we make many mistakes and yes we learnt to laugh at ourselves as people laughed at us Um, and that's okay too but it's about um, just putting it back to the Lord and saying, well, Lord, you called, called us here, you called us here as a family, um, and yet I'm feeling lost. Help me. I'll, I'll give it back to you, Lord. And you can do that, you know, and that's, that's kind of how you get through. So I learnt just to put it back on the Lord a lot more than I ever did when I was more than capable here in the Gold Coast, you know, because you're, it's, you're out of control a little bit sometimes. There are things you just don't understand, um, and it's, it's quite humbling. Um, but at the same time, what the Lord taught me is just the fact that we were there in that capacity was an absolute privilege and an honour. And, and I'm so grateful that even though the hard times were, were challenging and there were many times that things were happening back here and we wanted to be part of it. We were missing out on big family events and, you know, and it's like, oh, you know. But it was just... You know, the, the joys of being there and, and serving the Lord in this capacity really outweighed that. So, yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of things, lots of transformation. Thank you so much. Abstract question, but I really appreciate, appreciate your answers and honesty in that. Um, one last question. I can hear there's like the little, like they're waiting to clap. You can hear the ones, little nervous, should I clap now? Because his answers are, are profound and, and, and encouraging. You can hear that little... Oh, I'm not ready. So we're gonna get, we're gonna give him a clap. Don't worry, and um, we'll really clap you. And we're gonna, um, you won't be able to leave because we're just gonna come at you asking questions and and asking ways we can pray for you in a moment. But um, I guess last question: what's what's next? Um, what's next for the Windus family? Um, we've heard little bits and pieces as a missions committee, but love you to share with us about what's next. So it was after um, about a year of praying and um, discerning that we decided we needed to come back on home assignment anyway at this time. Um, but with the, the kids, um, uh, the last year they were in Cambodia, they were being um, homeschooled with distance education um, and they really had lost um, a group of peers around them because, you know, it's... It's normal to live in, uh, you know, as an expat in another country to, to see your expat friends come and go a lot. So you're always saying hello and goodbye to people. And at this point in time, our kids are ready to go into senior years at school, years 11 and 12 next year, 11 and 10, sorry. Um, and it's, it is time. So it is a season for, for our family to focus on our family. Um, we are actually here in the Gold Coast only for a matter of months. Um, we finish up with our organisation, which is Global Interaction, the Australia's Baptist Mission Agency, um, and we're moving to the Blue Mountains, where it's a bit chillier, um, but it's also my home country, my home country and my home province, um, and it is where we will live with my mum, who is, um, she has cancer, and we will need to spend some time with her. 
Um, so it's an important season to really do focus, but we know that it's going to be it's probably not what we had in mind when we first sort of started thinking about coming back. It is, it's, it's a great opportunity to just be um, a family and also to see what God has got for us there in, in the Blue Mountains. So, yeah, a lot of unknowns still, but it's, um, it'll be um, a, a new season with new opportunities. Um, but we do hope and pray that we do get back to Cambodia um, in, the, in, in due course. Thank you so much. Look, we would, um, we might get you to, um, yeah, come on forward and can the kids come on? We'd love to pray for you. We're just going to present this to the church. Oh, thank you. And it's, a, it's a significant, yeah, please, yeah, use the mic. It's a significant picture because it really shows me standing just as one of the coaches, just as one of the team. And our, and our head coach, it's in there, and our, Som, Som, our head coach there is in charge. After six years of capacity building, he's in charge of it all, he's in control of it all, walking beautifully and so one head coach, four full-time and 12 part-time. Last month they worked with 4,000 children in one month in the, in the northwest area um, and that's just, that's building community and these 25 that we work with on a daily basis have all moved a long way with the gospel. Some of them already followers and um, I got a beautiful message last week, that, that picture there, um, that they're all praying for us, which is beautiful, you know, as we go through our re-entry as well. So part, there's a note on the back of that, yeah. So thank you to everyone in um, Burley Heads Church of Christ for the ongoing support. Um, and we really know, and I want you to know that it is your prayers that up, up hold us, is that the right word? Upheld us. Um, and... Um, have really helped us to sail through as well. So thank you so much, so much for the ongoing support. We, we also have something small for you guys as well. It's a picture of me. Um, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, no one wants that. Maybe Mez. No, it's something else. But we, um, we have loved, I, I know this church when we said you guys are coming back to a port and excitement. Um, we've journeyed with you guys for a while and someone that's journeyed with you for a lot of this time is uh, Margaret and she's going to come and help. Um, we're going to pray for you guys and the family. Do, do your kids mind coming on up? We'd love to. Well, let's come down on, down here and we'll, we'll pray for you. Margaret um, was our missions committee chair and um, she's journeyed with you guys massively. Our current one, one of her foster kids is sick this morning and couldn't make it. Um, Kirsten, but um, we just, we just, she's praying for you guys as well, and let's um, lift your family up. Father God, thank you so much um, for your servants. Thank you so much for people um, that are willing to go into the unknown, the scary, uh, even the, un the places that they feel unequipped, and we just thank you that you're there. It turns out you're there as well, Lord, and you show up. And We thank you for the work they've been doing the last seven years. We thank you for the work previous to that you were doing in their lives that led them to that point. And we thank you for the work that you're going to continue to do. Uh, it sounds in the blue mountains through them, Lord. We love Janelle's mum, Lord, and the sickness there. We pray for comfort and healing. And we lift up the kids and this family as they, they journey through this school and, and what's next uh, journey, Lord, and that they um, can take all these massive memories and adventures and, and seeing God move and, and work out what, what, how, does that, I mean, how does that direct their life forward. Thank you for this family and bless them in, in Jesus' name. Amen. We can now clap, definitely.
I, I always understand that trying to condense seven years into 15 minutes. I appreciate your patience with us, but please, we'll love to chat more during morning tea. I've got another guest. Um, absolute blessed this morning. Do we want to get... Oh, the kids are in? Great. I knew we want to get in. Um, can we welcome um, Lauren Eddy up, please? Can we make her no, welcome? <laughs> Lauren, how are you? <laughs> um, I will get you, because we do have lots of visitors, um, I'll get you to tell, you, tell us a little bit about who you are as well, and um, if that's okay. So start off your family. What's, um, yeah, go for it. Hi, my name's Lauren. Um, I have three beautiful children. Uh, one's nine, one's six, and one's four. And I'm a teacher. So I'm a primary school teacher majoring in physical education. Very nice. And uh, you come here... Um, and but you've been up to something the last couple of weeks. Um, Brett's looked a little frazzled. Actually, he's done. He's done remarkable. He's. Um, he hasn't looked that frazzled actually. And the kids are dressed. A couple of kids shirts on backwards, but we sorted that out. And now they went. Um, what have you been up to the last few few weeks? And um, yeah, just yeah. What, what's been happening? Give us a little bit of a overview. I'm also um, Brett's my brother. Uh, Steve's my brother-in-law. I probably didn't say that. I'm Maren's sister as well. Probably should have put that in there as well. Okay. Um, for three weeks over the, my holiday, my school holidays, and one week in the first week of term, I went to Uganda and I trained teachers in Western schooling, in, in, in how we do things. Um, their curriculum is British or it's Australian curriculum, and they were born in Uganda, so some of the lessons, they just had no idea. And they're, they're having to teach letters and sounds from the English alphabet, but they're Ugandan. So they just needed a lot of mentoring and a lot of support. So while I was there, I um, helped train the letters and sounds program. I implemented some new measurement. They didn't have rulers. They only had maybe three or four rulers across six classes. So I cut ribbon into 30 centimetres and we did measurement lessons with ribbon. <laughs> so I just had to think on my feet a, a lot. So we did a measurement. Um, the next slide will show I rewrote the PE curriculum because he only taught soccer and soccer is the national sport so it's important to teach soccer but girls can't play soccer. So I helped to rewrite the program so that he was introducing hand-eye coordination and balance and just things that Western children do, but the, the PE teacher there hadn't had any training, so he didn't know. So I brought over all this sport equipment with me as well, which helped with the program. And I did do, on the, on the last day, I'll just go to the next slide, I, I did an obstacle course. I made a little mini Ninja Warrior obstacle course, showed them what Ninja Warrior is on my phone. I had all the kids sitting around me. And then with all of the materials from the building site, I made a little Ninja Warrior course, just teaching balance and, and how you can make it fun and incorporate it into the PE program. So, yeah. So similar question that I asked the witnesses, Do you, did you just wake up last two weeks ago and 
um, go, oh, I might go to Uganda today. Is, are you cool with that, Brett? High five, pack my bag. Or has there been a journey to this? Uh, I, know, I know there has been, and I know there's been involvement with 100% Hope. But walk us through what, what, um, what is God doing in someone that you'd say, I'm going to take my school holidays, I'm going to take the time away from the family and, um, and go serve. What is God, how did God lead you up to this? Well, I've always had Africa in my heart from a little girl looking at the 40-hour famine ads. So I always really... And at the end of grade 12, I went to Kenya and I taught English in schools. So Africa's always been a big part of me. Um, I then got a teaching job. My husband got a business and it just... We had babies and it just didn't... Still was in my heart, but just didn't, I couldn't get over there. But I did become part of an organisation called 100% Hope. And I'm on the board for that organisation here in Australia. And so I was doing whatever I could in Queensland to support Africa. Um, It just came about that God told me at the beginning of the year that um, he wanted me to go. He wanted me to step out in faith. Um, I thought I would go with a team or at least one other person, but that didn't happen and I ended up going by myself. Um, But God, the faith that God is, and I'm probably leading away from the question, but the faith that God taught me to trust in him by going by myself is just like phenomenal, like just trusting me and I trusted in him and he looked after me every step of the way. I did not get sick once, did not have anything, no tummy, no flu. One time I felt a little bit like under the weather, just not feeling great, prayed, next day felt 100%. The airport and all of my numerous flights, 29 hours to get there, God just literally paved the way for me through customs, through all Johannesburg Airport. Like it was, it was unbelievable. So... Um, I went over and will continue to hopefully go over in short-term missions, supporting and being part of the board. Yeah, and absolutely. My, our prayer as a church, I know this, is that we'd love, next time you go over, we'd love to see a team. Short-term missions are impactful um, and especially if we've got supporting missionaries it can be encouraging to visit them as well and they're just, um, I got the chance when I was back at Southport to visit some missionaries over in China and it just blew my mind and so um, certainly something we will see a lot more of and looking forward to more Sundays like this of report backs and um, so what's what's next what do you do with all that you come back in to Gold Coast Australia what's what's um you you said a little bit about this possible future trips um supporting the board but how does it affect Lauren Monday morning now I think um can I just touch on a story from, I, I do just really want to say um, there was a generous donation within the church towards my trip and that money is now supporting a brand newborn baby. So the day that I left, they rescued a one week old baby from a village. The mother had mental health issues and was feeding the baby rubbish. It's an absolute miracle that the baby survived a week. We honestly don't know. She was very malnourished, but she's survived and 100% Hope found out about the baby and went to the village. Um, but Trishel, the founder, didn't have the money for the formula to 
keep this baby alive. And so your money, the get a bit, <laughs> I get a bit emotional, but the contribution that someone in this church gave to me, I was able to give that money to Trichelle and that's now supporting this baby until the baby is old enough to go into the baby's home in the orphanage. So, and there was numerous stories of um, little babies that live in the home. There's 10 babies now. Little baby Angel, who's the newborn, will make it 11. Um, 11 babies that have been rescued in similar situations where they were either on rubbish, they'd just been put aside on rubbish tips on the side of the road, or um, there was one little girl, if you want to go to the Carol slide, uh, Carol is um, 15, months, 15 months old, um, her mother went to prison and they were trying to reconcile the relationship between Carol and her mother. Um, the mother didn't want Carol and said, if you give her back to me, I will strangle her. So um, Carol is extremely clingy. I don't even see in this photo, she's just, she just clings. She just desperately needs to be loved. She's very clingy. And kids could go either way when they've had trauma. They can be very, don't want to be anywhere near you, or they can be like Carol. She just absolutely loves to cuddles and loves to be loved. And she's only been in the baby's home for one month. So I'm really excited to go back in the future and possibly see a little smile on her face, because she doesn't smile. I tried so hard to get a smile from her. She loved cuddles, but she wouldn't smile. So they're just two stories of situations where as a church, as an organisation, we are helping rescue children over there. Um, next. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling, I've got to be honest, to be back here now on the Gold Coast and teach in a very affluent, independent Christian college. I'm struggling with the uh, selfishness of Western children when over there they've got nothing and they're so grateful. So I think next I'm hoping to impart that knowledge to my class, to my children, to my family, but in a loving way, not in an angry way. And it was really tricky even this week. One of the kids in my grade six class did something and I was like, you are so ungrateful but I just I just had to pray and just be like God help me get through to this grade six boy you know you've got me here for a reason and I want to impart to him what I've learned and the journey and hopefully help him but I can't do it if I'm angry at him so that's one um, area being on the board, it's been so amazing to go over there because I know how to help Trishel now, the founder who lives there. She's Australian, Mzungu, she's white. So I now have a newfound appreciation for what she goes through and she's the only Australian living in that and running the school. So um, to be able to support her and know exactly what needs to happen over there is fantastic and as I said um, the possibilities of short-term mission so I was one teacher and I did a fair bit if I brought six or seven teachers and social workers and whoever else 
like, in, you can just do so much in such a little time because they're so hungry for knowledge, they're so hungry for help, and the children are so hungry for love. You could just love on the kids for a week and you'd make a difference. So that's what the future looks like. Thank you, Lauren. We, 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 we have you every single morning tea um, so we can keep journeying with Lauren. That's what we're here for, journeying with you, your family, and, um, and what comes next. We're so excited. I understand you've just sort of uh, grabbed you this week. It's like kind of still just processing your stuff, and we look forward to processing it with you as a family. Um, but we're going to pray for you still, so absolutely come on forward, and we'd, um, let, me, let me pray for you and the, um, as God stirs what's next for the Eddie family. Father, thank you so much for Lauren. Thank you so much for her experience and, and what you did in her and what she was able to do for these kids, Lord. It's, it's crazy the amount you learn when you step out. And Father, just give her the, the I guess, the, the roads, the passages, the way forward on where to take that and how to serve that, both here in Australia on Monday morning and what it looks to support that organisation abroad. Thank you for her. Bless her. Bless the Eddies. And... Uh, yeah, just pray for the future of this, this mission and what you've planted in her. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we thank Lauren as well? I'm, um, I'm super conscious of the time and I don't actually feel like when you hear stories like that today, there's not much more to be said. You can hear what Jesus is doing. But let me just share a couple of thoughts for you guys as you might be processing that. And um, we'll see how long my voice goes for anyway and how long it lasts. But there's a passage we read today, and I'll just take a bit of it. Um, if you just want to go down those slides, Sarah, just keep going through. Very good. You've had about six different sets of slides handed to you today, Sarah, so well done. Uh, let me read this bit. After it talks about the bit that Judy spoke about, about the blood of Jesus, the hope we have, after it spoke about how we've been redeemed, we no longer live under the covenant, but we live under Jesus, it says this, and I like this, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from the acts that lead to death. So this transformation process that starts when you come in contact with Jesus. And I love this. Why? What's the point? Why do we do this? Why do we sit in a room on Sundays? What's the point of the Christian walk? Besides our salvation, of course. Besides being cleansed by Jesus. Besides being reconciled to the Father. It's this. So that we may serve the living God. Or what we call mission. The church's mission is mission. Mission means to be sent, or missionary means to be sent. And I guess just a couple of encouragement for us as we've heard these stories today. It's a reaction. It's the natural progression of a person who knows the hope of Christ. It's not an, a guilt thing. I'm not going to say this morning that we're all missionaries and so you feel guilty about what you're doing. No, God already loves you. It's a reaction to that love. It's not an earning thing. It's a response. Once you have Jesus, you have good news. It needs to be shared. It needs to be given. Generosity, love, joy, it needs to be shown. Not just by the Windus family. Not just by Lauren. Not by your leaders. Not just by your pastor. This is actually a call to everyone who knows Jesus. 
to do his will, to do mission. So two encouragements that we heard from the stories. Number one, you're on mission now. If you, don't, if you didn't know you're a missionary and you know Jesus, then surprise, you're a missionary. You're on mission now. Tomorrow morning, wherever you are, you're on mission now. You have Jesus and our world so desperately needs it. From the selfish kids, as Lauren said, that don't know anything else than being spoiled to the other side of the world, they all need the hope and the purpose of Jesus. So you are on mission now, church. Congratulations. Mission is a journey, though. As we heard, they didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to go to Uganda. Me and Mez were joking about this as I was preparing the sermon. We did not wake up one day and get married. And the day after we're married, I said, you know what? I feel like being a pastor of a church in Burley. Well, you do want to do it, Mez, and the church is going to go through a fair bit of change and I'm going to lead and our team's going to lead that and it's going to be fun some days. It's going to be hard some days. I'm going to get a heap of grey hair. <laughs> Let's do that, hey? <laughs> no, no, no. About eight years ago, a guy came up to me in the church. He said, do you want to run a small group with your wife? And I said, no, I don't know how to teach the Bible and I certainly don't know how to talk to people in that context. And so I said, no, thank you. But we thought about it and we ended up signing up. It's a gradual journey, right? Mission is a journey. It's just about that first step. Whether that's wiping down the tables today or whether that's buying your neighbour's some dinner and bringing it over and saying, how are you going? Or whether it's taking a hamper that we provide as a church for you to do mission to that family that you know is doing it tough and saying, hey, look, I know you're okay, but here's a little something from Burley Church of Christ. Or it's the next short-term mission. Or it's seven years in Cambodia. One step at a time. You're on mission, church. And the second thing I just want to encourage us on as we process this in our small groups with our friends over coffee as a family, being on mission changes you, us as well. You might be sitting there and you're saying, I could never do that. Do you know what God's saying? I know. Of course you can't. <laughs> That's why he wants to change you. That's why he wants to grow you. The first thing you can recognise in becoming a Christian is, of course, you can't do that. You need Jesus. He'll equip you. He'll go before you. As Janelle shared, he's already there, it turns out. He didn't come home with the Windus family. The seeds they planted will stay and grow. He's there. He's here. Being on mission changes you, church. If you consider as a family or as friends or as a, whatever your smaller community looks like, your small table we call it here, recognise that of course you aren't ready to step out. Jesus wants to grow you through that. It says in 2 Peter 1.5, I, I love this passage. I had a fair few passages, but I'll just share this one. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. As Second Peter tells us, this, this is what it's like to be a Christian. I love that. You might have mutual affection for someone. And God's going, no, why don't you love them? <laughs> oh, yeah, but seriously, God, I'm all right with mutual affection. No, no, no. Imagine if you loved them. 
And so a couple of questions that I just um, I wanted to put up here. And I'll get you to write down and then we're going to sing one last song. Love you to write down and ask yourselves these in your small tables, in your small groups, with your family around dinner, with your friends. Do you know your scent? Number one, do you see yourselves as on mission? Number two, where is God asking you, slash small table, slash family, to step outwards? What's he saying to you today? So it could be the tiniest little step. What's he asking you to do? And do you trust that he will equip and grow you as you go? Do you know that he's already there? And then lastly, and this is an abstract one, the last question, who would you become? You could hear some profound stories of God's work today and do nothing about it and say, that was a good service, tick that off, Sunday done, got my ticket to heaven. Or you could take a step out this week And as it turns out, be encouraged next week as we hear from a a preacher from Open Doors. You could take a step out. What would that do to your family over the next 10 years? What would that do to you over the next 20? Who would you be if you did nothing after today? Or who might you be if you stepped out after this morning and saw yourself on mission? Imagine that you might be reporting back or you might be doing something completely different for God. Who would you become in five years? Who would you become in 10 years? Who would you become over a lifetime of stepping into the unknown? I tell you, the Bible tells us who you'd become. You would look a lot like Jesus and this church would look a lot like a church full of Jesuses.